Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pick and Roll, the NBA betting show on the board YouTube channel live every weekday morning right here as part of the Hammer Betting Network. And today on the show, we have quite a show for NBA free picks on the way for you guys. It's not a massive Wednesday slate, but it is in the eyes of Pips here, our resident NBA better, a good slate to be working with. So if you're hyped up for the four picks, make sure you guys have hit that like button, help support the show, get us up to 50 likes on today's stream. And also, if you want to see free picks like this on weekday mornings, make sure you are also subscribed to our channel. Just putting the finishing touches here to make sure that we have all of the necessary information that we have for the picks and that we are ready to give every play out. And I think that we are in place here. So let's get you these NBA free picks. First of all, we have two SGPs available at DraftKings. We'll have a player prop at DraftKings and then a player prop at Caesars. We go to the Rockets and Bulls for our first play here for minus 105 odds on a DraftKings SGP to get Kobe White under 20 and a half points and Alperen Shengun 18 plus points. We're going back to Shengun overs here. And in our second play, we're going to the Spurs and the Pistons. We're taking Wembenyama over two and a half blocks and 18 plus points. That's plus 100 at DraftKings. Player prop here, run to this one. It's the Thunder and the Heat. Maybe play this one first if you're going in a specific order. It's Shea Gildas-Alexander under 33.5 points for minus 105 odds at DraftKings. And the final play out that we have for this slate is Jordan Poole. We're taking this over this time against the Pacers at 16.5 for minus 108 odds at Caesars. Okay. Four plays for today, Pips. Let's go to you back to that first play and talk to us why we're going to take Shengun over once again and pair that with the Kobe White under. So, yeah, this is centered around uh, Kobe White. So, if you take a look at Kobe White uh, with Lavin, with Vucevic, with DeRozan playing together, he's under this line in... Uh, uh, 14 out of the 17 games this season uh, and the two overs were in the last two games where it was a overtime game where uh, Vucevic and Lavin were still limited especially Vucevic and it was a great matchup now it's a very difficult matchup for him and uh, my Rockets don't allow a lot of free throws don't allow a lot of spot up shoots don't allow pick and roll points and yeah, as I said, like, man, there is Lavin there, Vucevic and DeRozan. Kobe White should be back to his like third to fourth scoring option. And this line is just way too high against the Houston Rockets. Slow pace, good defense and tough matchup overall. So I just think uh, this is a bit inflated for Kobe over with some great games without Vucevic and Lavin lately. And Shengun, uh, Bulls are the number one pick and roll defense uh, to ball handlers. So they are protecting the ball handlers, which leaves them being below average to a big man. And Shengun will cook whichever or Drummond inside, like whenever he gets the touch inside. He scored 22 against the great defense of Miami Heat and against Adebayo. And yeah, I just think uh, this should be a smash spot for Shengun because if Rockets. With how well they are defending pick and rolls, Fred Van Fleet and Jalen Green both pick and roll dominance players. So if 
uh, Houston Rockets need, have any chance to win this game, it should be a great, great game from Alper and Shingun. And the way he's playing lately, I think this is a, a good line for him. All right, so there you have it. First play, involves Shingun over, Kobe way under for minus 105 there. Um, also now, apparently this one's coming up at MGM for a better price as well. ESPN bet has a better price on this one as well. So, uh, check out your options for that one. In the second play, we're also going back to DraftKings here. It's for the Wembanyama blocks over two and a half and 18 plus points. I'm not sure if in the year and a half of this show, you've ever taken a player on a blocks prop. Uh, maybe, maybe we've had some uh, stocks involved with like Jaron Jackson Jr. last season, but. Uh, going for the blocks here for Wemby. Talk to us about this one. Uh, yeah, since he started at the, playing at the five last ten games, uh, he's over this line in eight out of the last ten, and he averaged over four bucks a game during that period. I mean, yeah, I get it. It's, it's blocks. It's weird bet, but as I said, like he's actually over in in in, in ten out of the last twelve since starting at the five. And the third Pistons are sloppy and just not a great players. And they will just tunnel vision drive to the rim and when we will have so many easy opportunities. You usually when I I did bet uh blocks privately a couple of times over the last couple of seasons, and I usually want to do it against terrible teams, tanking teams that have a bunch of young players that uh not know that don't have enough experience to know when to try to get the layup or, or, or dunk or something and yeah this this team like he could get a couple of if he gets minutes against Wiseman and she should that that should be at least one easy and with Ivy trying to win so many times and with Killian Hayes being insane uh, player that he is <laughs> I think he should like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets five uh in in this game five plus so some milestones should be great but like he played against the portland team that were down so many players they were playing like scoot and uh, kamara and uh, yeah just four team he had seven in that game and last two games last two games he had five against cleveland five against the bucks the only game he didn't cover was against the Boston Celtics, and that's a very experienced team that didn't want to run onto Wembenyama. So I just think like this is a smash spot. And also combining with points, we saw Sabonis killing them inside, and Pistons' defense is terrible overall. So Wembenyama should have it easy inside, outside, whenever he he tries to score, he should have it easy. They don't double, they just leave single coverage. No way they can defend single coverage uh, Wembenyama. And it's correlated. If he gets good minutes, he should cover both. So, All right. So there's the second play. Wemba Nyama on both those lines. We go to our third play to take Shea Gilles Alexander under 33 and a half points. We got it minus 105 at DraftKings. Uh, there is a bit of a chance this one's going to see some movement today. Is there a, a, a bottom number you'd play this to, Pips? 33 and a half for minus 125 worse all right minus 125 is the basement for this one so plenty of wiggle room involved but we're getting minus 105 for shea here talk to us why we're gonna fade shea against the heat yeah uh, it's 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 very difficult matchup for 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 any player and especially for shea i mean 
they are not allowing any fall free throws and he's very strongly dependent on his free throws if you take a look at this uh graph graphic uh, i did uh, filter out every game he had more than 10 free throws and we got this and that seven that he was under in 70 percent of the games then he didn't get over uh 11 plus free throws so this is this is showing 10 or less free throws because Miami Heat allows th third least free throws in the entire game. So I doubt he'll see uh, more than 10 free throws in, in this one. And even he doesn't get uh, so many free throws, he is not going crashing this line. As you can see, even the overs were like 34, 34, 35, 36. He's always close to the line. Last season against the Miami Heat, he was held to 26 and 27 points. I think Spellstar knows what he's doing. He'll play zone. He'll put bodies in front of him. And he'll just build a wall with the Bema de Bayo. And yeah, I think if there is a guy that can stop uh, Shea from scoring 34 plus points this season, it's for sure Miami Heat and, and Spellstar. So I, I kind of trust his coaching that he'll do whatever it takes. And he is very, he's one of the best coaches ever. In the link, he just got this big uh, contract, and contract. He deserves yeah. it. Deserves it. He's making something out of nothing almost every season, and uh, somehow always in the finals. But more, more so, like Thunder's luck shooting, and I don't think Spelter will care with leaving Dort wide open or Giddy wide open or Jalen Williams wide open. So he will just take away everything for, for, for Shea. That's how I see it. And just let everyone else beat him. And if you have wide open Gide and Dort, you don't care. Like you honestly, you, you don't care. You just you just need to take away Shea. And I hope and I think Spurster will do exactly that. And Shea can even have a great game and end up scoring 30 points. All right, so let's go to the final play that we gave here, and it is in the Wizards-Pacers game. It's Jordan Poole over 16.5. We had his under 18 the other day, and he or last week, I think it was, and it was way, way under on uh, on his line. But today we're going to the over. What's going to be different about this Pacers matchup where you want to play Jordan Poole to get his points? So even in, in that uh, last game uh, when we had him on the show, I spoke about high correlation with playing against the pace and playing against the terrible pick and roll defense. And this is a prime example of that. So Indiana Pacers are playing the highest pace in the league and they are second worst pick and roll ball handler defense. He, we, we can see from the play types, his most dominant uh, way of scoring is pick and roll ball handler. And we take a look at the graph. He first game against the Pacers, 18 points the terrible pick and roll defense against the Bucks, 30 and 26 points both terrible pick and roll ball handler defense in high pace next game against the Pacers 30 points against the Sacramento Kings 28 points Orlando Magic terrible pick and roll defense even though they are overall good defense he still scored up 30 points so he's almost going all under in every game against slow pace and good pick and roll defense and going over in a, every game against four defense, high paced and four pick and roll defense. So yeah, I just think like first game of the season, 18 points against the Pacers, zero from six from three. So he didn't make any three and he still ended up scoring 18 points. Then he had 30 points against the Pacers. 
similar matchup to Pacers, Bucks 30 and 26. So yeah, I'm just taking this is uh, this graph. You obviously use filters with him uh, having 13 or more field goals, but I'm using that because it will be high-paced and he had a high usage in in high-paced games. And if you take a look at the and he gets the field goal items up, and that's usually in high-paced. He is going over in, in almost like 75% of the games this season. All right, so there you have it, guys. Four plays for today's show. Hopefully, a big day on the show as well. Really get the season going once again here. And uh, some great spots to do it, despite maybe one of the smaller slates. But um, so we wanted to talk about John Morant's injury and the Grizzlies' outlook going forward. But there was a, a request in the chat from Badger Boy. Somebody's watching every stream here. I want to hear my comments about Dark Ryakovich's rant following the Lakers let, beating let, let the Raptors. Can I just guess, like, full support? Of Darko? Yeah. So, so okay. So, as far as the officiating is concerned, some of the box score stats are a little bit skewed because the Raptors fouled the Lakers intentionally for, like, four or five straight possessions to end the game to try and get back in the game. However, the officiating still wasn't very good. It felt like a lot of just the, the close calls, 50-50 stuff always went the way of the Lakers, unfortunately. I don't think it's quite as bad as people are making it out to be, uh, but it wasn't It wasn't good. However, people are kind of going overboard with it. Darko in this spot here, I think he's recognized that a fine is coming his way, and he is just going all out here. His team is, I think they're 15, we're 15 and 22 now. He's just trying to fire up his team. He's defending his guys. I can respect this. I don't think even he quite believes everything he said there. He said, I, I think he slipped in Scotty Barnes going to be the face of the league one day in his rant. So I think he's just trying to fire up his guys and boost morale. The Raptors have the second night of the, of the back-to-back tonight against the Clippers. So part of it's right. Like the Raptors, like all these talented players getting through every time there's contact a lot of the times and these aren't being called, but the other way the Lakers are getting the contact. So I think there's just a whole bunch of variables coming together, boiling up the frustration here, whether it's the loss, whether it's the Raptors record on the season, whether it is part of that being deficient, and it all kind of culminates together to this explosion from Darko, reminiscent of Fred Van Vliet last season against Ben Taylor. Now, Darko didn't call Ben Taylor out by name specifically in this one, but he was pretty close probably to doing so. Um, yeah, in the chat, what do you guys think of the rant here? Uh, and Pips, I don't know if you saw the entire game. It went pretty late, but... What do you think of the rant? Yeah, I didn't solve the entire game, but I th- I solved the entire rant. And uh, I'll just say uh, some players are good at drawing fouls. Some players are not. Uh, Scotty Barnes certainly falls no. in the in the group where he is not uh, good at driving fouls. And, and truth is, he is driving to the rim uh, a lot. And but over the last two games, three games, he had total of two free throws. So he got to the line once over the last three games, which is insane. We, we take a look at the amount of time he drives to the rim, and yeah. that's a lot. But he is not driving with force. And Darko said he's driving with force. He is not driving with force. Well, he is, he but he's does, ground contact. He doesn't take the contact. Yeah, he is. He's running with force if it's not crowded, but if there is body in front of him, he'll just 
look for a kick out always and not crash into this. I, I saw it many times. The only player good at driving fouls on, on Toronto Raptors is Pascal Siaka. And he he even he didn't have any free throws last night last night. He I think four. Yeah. I no, only three. Four, I think he had three. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I need to take a look like Scotty Barnes, two free throws. Uh Reggie Barrett, three free throws. Siakam, three free throws. Quickly, three free throws. Yeah, that's that's that that's for sure not correctly officiated. Like maybe not some not anything huge, but it, it does look uh, kind of uh, insane. But on the other side, Anthony Davis had like half the team free throws, and yeah, Ted is young with him. Well, the, he can, got fouled like three or four times in the last couple of minutes when they're intentionally fouling. Yeah. So his his numbers are a bit inflated there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you take a just look at the box scores, you are curious. If you take a look at the game in context, a bit less for sure. Still bad, but you still it's still yeah. bad, but it's not as bad as the box score makes it out to be. Personally, with the red, I, mean, I like it. I like it because he's defending his team. He's he's trying to fire yeah, his guys said, for tonight's game. I expected you to say full support for his rent, not for the game. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I could I can criticize him for putting Thad Thaddeus Young but in single coverage in Anthony Davis first quarter, but this is good. <laughs> let's talk about something more important. Uh, it's always against the Lakers. Yeah, Somehow. they're. I, I want to okay. I'm gonna quickly look up their free throw discrepancy this season. See like how if this is like a theme. Last season it was absolutely yes. insane. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, yeah. last I know season was like was like crazy. They were in first by by a very very wide margin. Uh, I don't know if yeah. I'll be able to find this uh, right now, but I think you can get it in stat news, but. Okay, I'll look at Muse quickly. But do you, I mean, do what? Do you think that there is, uh, like, even a subconscious bias? Like, I don't think our refs are actively out here searching to get the Lakers calls. But do you think that subconsciously something about the Lakers makes refs want to call things? Not about the Lakers, about LeBron and about, yeah, about the Lakers and about LeBron. I mean, yeah. It's like, insane stuff and it's happened this is not first time and it's happening a lot and yeah i mean yesterday just felt if lebron got touched they were they like they were gonna call it pretty much yeah um, i mean i understand that some guys will say like okay if he's lebron james he gets the always like super superstar treatment is a is the thing in the league yeah i'll say that and they have two on their teams and they are getting their files. Uh, so I'm pulling up Stamus. They don't. Okay, the Stamus you have to pay for now. So I don't have the full landscape of the stats. But the Lakers are attempting this season 24.8, no, 24.3 free throws a game, which is it's actually eighth in the NBA. I don't have the full data on their the free throw discrepancies. Maybe if I had more time, I could pull it out. But like, yeah, yesterday was kind of a good example of the Lakers and perhaps the officiating just being enough on their side. The Raptors lose. I mean, it, every point mattered. The Raptors lost this game by one. Now, Siakam hit a buzzer beat of three. That didn't matter because it was a four point game. So whatever it is, they lose by one to four points. Every point mattered there. And, um, you know, Emmanuel so, quickly fouled out with four minutes uh, left. That matters because the Raptors don't have quickly to end I the just game. Pulled, 
just put one number in Lakers allowed the uh, the least free throws items to opponent this season. Wow. That's 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 a bit surprising. Like the fact like that it's it's repeated on a year like yeah. they were again. also the same also the same last year. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's that's a little bit strange here. So I mean I there is some coaching about it like okay, we don't follow as a team. And we drive heavy to the rim because we don't have shooters. So there is a bit yeah. of that for sure. For sure. But but last season, I don't have the numbers top of my head, but it was an insane difference. Yeah. I get it. The Lakers can be first because LeBron and AD are, are amazing and they drive to the rim and they have no shooters, so they're always getting looks at the rim. Defensively, LeBron and AD play heavy minutes. Maybe they're taking a bit of rest on defense as well. So they're not going hard every single defensive play. They don't want to get into foul trouble. Like I, all of these can kind of be considered, but the the level it was last season in particular is is just insane. I don't I don't think refs are actively helping the Lakers. I just think something subconscious about refing LeBron, refing the Lakers at the Crypto.com Arena, formerly the Staples Center. I think all of that just plays in a little bit. Uh, maybe this is a bit of further evidence. Um, we'll quickly touch on as well. We wanted to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Post John Morant injuries. So we saw the Grizzlies struggle immensely to start the season without John Morant. Came back. They started to play a little bit better. We were wondering if maybe it wasn't too late for them to make a push to make the play in tournament. But RJ Barrett is now going to miss the rest of the season. Pips, what do you think the outlook is for this team? Obviously, this season seems a little bit lost, but beyond this season, do you think the Grizzlies can get themselves back to near the top of the Western Conference? They could next season, but I don't know what's out to for this season. Probably shopping around smart. I saw some some something on Twitter, a couple of people mentioning they could start shopping for Marcus Smart. The season is done. I don't know will they even play Jaren Jackson Jr. and Bane for the rest of the season. If they do, they will probably shut them down like last 15, 20 games. They will be tanking for sure. Last night they blown out Dallas away on the road without Jaren Jackson Jr. and John Moran, which is insane. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like if they want to tank, they need to tank and get good pick because this season is a huge waste. And yeah, it, it, it's it's they're in a tough spot. Like no, no one expected before the season, before the John Moran stuff that this will look, that it will look like this, but. Yeah, they, they just lack any talent on the team, especially on offense. They are really, really struggling. So, nothing on this part at all. For this season, I think it is what it is. You know, Jaw missed 25 games. Right. They put themselves in a massive hole. I don't think even with Jaw playing the rest of the season, they were going to climb out of that hole. So, I never advocate and want people to get injured, but I think this situation is decent right now for the Grizzlies. Jaw Morant. This season-ending injury isn't one that isn't the type of injury that's going to have a prolonged effect on his career. He'll be back next season. They're going to get a really good draft pick this year, add in another piece to this team, and go at it next season with Desmond Bain, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and probably a top five or at least close to a top five pick in the draft. And Steven Adams. And Steven Adams will be back like – I don't think this is the worst case scenario here. I think worst case would be just missing out on the playoffs and then still not having a good draft pick. So 
this isn't the worst situation here. I think their outlook pretty good once again, as especially as maybe some other teams in the Western Conference start to fall off a little bit. Will the Suns be the same? Will the Lakers be the same? Will the Clippers be the same with James Harden's good contract? Good question. Have you maybe seen any minutes of Clippers and Phoenix game? The when they played each other? Yeah, last night. I didn't see it. No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, it was insane. Just uh, the my talking point. So these teams, like, like it was insane to watch. I like if you can, if you have time, I I advise you to watch the first half. Yeah. It was insane level of basketball. Like James Harden, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George against Katie, Beal, and Booker, and both teams stood their ground on defense, and it it didn't matter. Like. Every shot was going in. It was this crazy, crazy level of offensive performance, like insane shot making, high level basketball, and Phoenix got blown out at the end. So, some yeah. alarms should run in in the Suns team. They are mightily underwhelming so far. Yeah, they need to make. I don't even. They need to make some changes. I don't even know what changes they can make. They just have like no assets left. That's um. They're going to have to maneuver in some way because obviously with the team right now, it doesn't look like I mean, they, might, they might not even make the playoffs at this rate, let alone go with an NBA championship. Um, do they, they may still have a losing. Uh, let me just verify. They may still have a losing record. Um, they were close to it. Yeah. Uh, but they last time I checked, they were well behind the pace as far as the Western Conference standings. Yeah, they're ninth. Okay. They're ninth in the, in the West. They're 19 and 18 now. Uh, and the Utah Jazz as Fun fact about it, uh, like uh, Utah Jazz didn't even try to win. They were down, Lowry, Markkanen, so many, like Clarkson half the season, Lark Markkanen half the season, playing uh, Kejonte George, Chris Dunn, Kelly Olenek lineups, all kinds of bullshit. And they are only one spot away from them. In, in, yeah, in the- that's what I'm saying. That's just crazy. Yeah. So... Ooh, trouble, trouble. A lot, a lot of teams in some peril here. Um, perhaps Lakers with some officiating helping them out sometimes. <laughs> perhaps maybe yeah. not them as much. Uh, but let's round off the show here. We have four plays to recap, four free picks that Pips gave out for today. If you're tailing these picks, make sure you hit that like button. Get us up to 50 likes on the stream for today. We're almost at the milestone. Help us get to that point. Smash the like button to support the channel and subscribe for daily content like this on weekdays. All right. First play we have is in the Rockets and Bulls game. It's Kobe White under 20 and a half points and Alperen Shengun 18 plus points. We're going to play at minus 105 at DraftKings. MGM ESPN bet had better prices for this one after the after we gave it out. So go check those out to see where you get the best price. In the second play, we're going to the Spurs and the Pistons. We're going to take Victor Wembanyama. Over two and a half blocks and 18 plus points for plus 100 odds at DraftKings. The widely available option is DraftKings, but ESPN bet once again has a better price here. In the third play, we're going to take Shea Gills Alexander. We got it under 33 and a half points for minus 105 odds at DraftKings. This is good to minus 125. So make sure you're line shopping to find the best price because this 105 is gone. Fourth play we have here is the Wizards. It is in the Wizards and Pacers game. We're going to take Jordan Poole over 16 and a half points for minus 108 at Caesars. This one should be pretty widely available right around that minus 108. So 
four plays on the slate. Let's hope to have a winning day here. Celebrate that for Thursday. Me and Pips are back here. Same time, same place tomorrow for more from Pick and Roll. Thanks so much for watching. 